Hard Rock Charlie alumni J.T. Thompson bringing us in. Him and the Gunslingers. Uh, many of you have heard of him at uh, some of our summit meetings. And my name is Wes Durina. I am your host for the Hard Rock Charlie Foundation podcast. I thank everybody for taking time out to listen. I am uh, here with my partner in crime, uh, also a Hard Rock Charlie alumni and a member of the board of directors, uh, William Henderson. How's it going, William? Great, Wes. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming in. For many of you that don't know, this was actually William's idea. He felt like this would be a great medium for us to get our message out there. And uh, we all kind of agreed. So that 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 led us to here. We want to take some time over the next few uh, sessions to just kind of learn about the people that are behind it, how it began, uh, how we think it's going, where do we think it's going to go? Uh, and so that's kind of kind of where we're at. And so on today's session, we are joined by uh, the elected chairman of the board, also a Hard Rock Charlie alumni, of course, Daniel Mead. And uh, we thank you for taking time out of your day, to Dan, to come in here and, and have a chat with us. Yeah, of course. Thanks, guys. Yep. I think as we go through this journey, one of the things that's always going to be interesting, because I don't think we as individuals probably spend enough time really getting to know each other. I mean, we don't, like I know Dan, he was in Charlie Company. In fact, he was in my platoon as I was leaving. Uh, I know William, he was in third platoon, but I, 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 we, 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 we chop wood about old Ranger stories. And, and But we don't really spend enough time, in my opinion, getting to know. And I think really my opening question, kind of a uh actually really just want to want you to talk about Dan your your life growing up and what made you decide you wanted to be a member of Uncle Sam's army and <laughs> most importantly how did you determine that you wanted to be a ranger and about ending up in Hard Rock Charlie Company yeah sure thanks Wes so I uh I, I started my adulthood pouring concrete when I was 17 years old with the the pagan motorcycle gang and a bunch of inner city uh African-American fellows. And, uh, you know, I, I started college here and there and just kept leaving that. Uh, I was a civilian skydiver. And the day missiles flew in Iraq the first time, I went down to the recruiter and I uh, I joined uh, joined the Army. And I uh, I went for an Airborne Ranger contract. I, I did my ass fab and he's, you can be whatever you want. I'm like, well, I want to be an Airborne Ranger. And he goes, well, they like jump out of planes and eat snakes. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm good with that. You know, <laughs> he said, uh, yeah, you sure? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, they're the best, right? That's what I want to be part of, right? right? So that's that's my entrance in Uncle Sam, right? Awesome. And so the, you went in with the infamous unassigned Ranger contract, eleven I, I X-ray. Did. Right? I did. That's that right. A lot of guys could never get, unfortunately. Uh, and again, as we say, you either have a scroll or you have a story. But uh, no offense to them, it wasn't that easy for for a lot of people. They really had to, they couldn't get it for for whatever reason. But uh, so you got out, you, you served in second platoon. I know that for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. two three. Yeah, and then let's that used to that was my old that was my old element. As a matter of fact, I grew yeah, up under, in Charlie under John Malloy and uh, and uh, Jerome West and Mike Marquardt. Yeah, all good, all good guys. By all the way, great guys. Yeah. yeah, and hope, hopefully we'll get them on on here at some point. So yeah, hell, yeah. Wes, I was I was twenty four when I went in. I was I was the old yeah. man. You know? Yeah, I was yeah I was twenty one when I went in. So I kind of yeah. know that feeling, and it's it is at times hard to have that eighteen year old kid poking you in the chest. Uh, but, but it's but, also easier. 
Yeah, well, it can be. Because your head's in a better space, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you get out. Tell us what happens when you get out. So I get out, and uh, I went immediately to to college for a law enforcement degree. I got a bachelor's in two and a half years, intern with the ATF. I wanted to be a federal agent. And, you know, when I got out, our wonderful president, Bill Clinton, was trying to mess up the Army. And so I got out and got my bachelor's intern and everything. And then there was a hiring freeze on federal law enforcement. So, right. so, uh, the good old president Clinton got me twice. Right. So, uh, yeah, I went back to concrete, you know, and, uh, I started, uh, started in the estimating department and worked around through it, had my own company for a while, worked from, uh, worked for some of the big boys. And now I'm a, I'm a senior estimator for a national general contractor. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. And I know that, uh, those four years in Charlie Company probably helped you get get to where you wanted to be. I mean, actually, those years in the in the military. I, I, I I'm a firm believer that every 18 year old boy, male, because their frontal lobe isn't quite mature yet, should spend some time in the military. But that's just that's just me. You know? I, I couldn't agree more, Wes. Couldn't agree more. And it's a it's a great foundation, right? It's a great foundation for work, for wherever you're going. You know, absolutely. So. What I kind of noticed, because I'm kind of a latecomer to the entire organization, through conversation and pictures, it seems like uh, many of you, maybe not from ETS, but at some point kind of linked up, right, and started doing some things together again. Uh, I did notice that there was a a big big group of y'all that went to Normandy for the 75th. Yep, and I would have to assume that 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 wasn't the first time that happened. So, talk to me a little bit about the crew out there on the East Coast and how you guys just have kind of been running around together. Yeah, so we uh, I, I got out, and a couple of years after I got out, I guess we were uh, Gig Cobham and I and, and Hazel were talking and uh, said, "Hell, let's have a reunion." And we decided we're going to go to Vegas, right? So we we started reaching out to the guys that we knew. And uh, we figured there's about 12 of us going to go out there. And it ended up being about 30-some people showing up to Vegas. Awesome. Uh, some that we didn't even invite, but they got invited through word of mouth, right? Right on. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit. We Every couple of years, we would have another reunion. We had them up in Baltimore a bunch of times in conjunction with some of the Irish events that I that I run. And, uh, you know, we had, uh, had a good old time. We had one down in Savannah, right? We, uh, we've had... Probably half dozen of them before Hard Rock, right? Yeah, I've, I've managed to stay in touch with a lot of the guys I went in and I served with, and I've grown to learn uh, a lot of new friends and new rangers through all these reunions and things, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've you know I've tried to stay in touch with a lot of my guys, but so let's fast forward to 2021. Yep. I hear through the grapevine that there's this Charlie company thing going on where a bunch of fools are going to jump into a lake. Yeah. Now I have no desire to jump into a lake. In fact, I have no desire after a hundred times in my life, jumping out of an aircraft to ever jump again, but I hear about it and somebody sends me the manifest and it turns out there's a ton of names on there. I know, and I'm pretty excited about going, I have no desire to jump, but anyway, (laughs) we'll get into some more of that later. Tell, so how, how, how does this begin? Yeah, so you know, I get a. It, it's funny, Duke and I uh, were down in Florida uh, September of that year with a bunch of our friends, and Fred Slayton was down with us, and we 
we saw an article that there was a jump that we could jump in the water, right? So we didn't know. We didn't have enough time for it. You know, it was whatever. Fine. Fast forward to Christmas Eve, and I get a Facebook message on a group. Well, Dan Dan does the reunion stuff, so he'll run that part of it. And I'm like, what? It's it Troy Webb volunteering me for things, right? So it, it, evidently, Dirk Horweedle had found the jump, and he'd called Prettyman. And they said, hey, this seems like a pretty cool thing to do. And the, they contacted Phantom Airborne and said, well, if you guys get, you know, if you get 20 guys, we'll, we'll name it a Ranger jump. So, uh, so it was during COVID, right at the end of COVID. And we said, well, only hell, here's 60 <laughs> within right. about a week, right? So, uh, I, I was, I was in charge of putting on the reunion portion and the, and the festivities for that. And then Lewis and, uh, you know, Lewis and, uh, Dirk were, were handling the uh, Phantom Airborne. So I ended up there, uh, again, not intending to jump, but somehow I, I did, did jump, but that's another story. But so what, while you're there, uh, because I'm pretty sure I heard you say at least once, I would like to figure out a way to make this something, but I am not interested in being part of another <laughs> 5013C charity I don't, I don't want anything to do it i'm involved with too many so what what did you see what happened at this event so that yeah, made the, you kind of get on board with people that were saying hey you know we got to do this again yeah so right so i'm on i'm on the board of directors for reeds across america and i'm a director of operations for arlington cemetery for reeds and i run uh you know president of irish charities in maryland and the friendly son of st patrick so i do a, i'm involved with a lot of 501c3s right and uh, we get down there and, the, you know, it's kind of COVID. So there wasn't a lot of stuff to do where we were. So we had a, a large suite, right? And uh, my girlfriend at the time is a behaviorist, my wife now. And she was sitting down there and we're watching the guys. She goes, this is amazing. You can see these guys healing. You can actually see them healing. It's And it's guys that I hadn't seen in 30-some years. And I'm sure it's the same story for everybody there, right? Um, some I had never met, right? And, uh, you know, the, the, the weekend goes off great. We have a blast and we have a, you know, we're over at, uh, in Tavares having lunch after the jump at a place I had found and their, you know, their County commissioner comes up and starts talking to us. Hey, you want to bring your whole thing here next year? We'll help you out. I said, okay. But, but a, a week goes by and we're all on a call. Wes, you, me, yeah. uh, Will. And, uh, and I was adamant. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this, but until I saw the, so I saw what it was doing for the guys, right? And, and you could actually physically see the healing, right? And and I said, okay, fine, we'll do this, but only if it's a nonprofit and we can raise money to get guys down here that can't afford to come down here that need this, right? It, it's a powerful, it's a powerful tool, right? No, I I hundred percent agree with you, and I and I felt the same way, and that's why I came to you guys and said, hey, we we have to. So I think we asked, hey, where's old so-and-so? Well, old so-and-so doesn't have the money to get here. Right. And to me, <clears throat> I'm not rich, but I've done pretty well in my life. And I was pretty shocked to hear that about guys our age. You know, I mean, yeah. if it was somebody that had just got out and they were struggling, maybe that would make sense to me. But to hear about that, somebody from our generation. Now, it's not an inexpensive event. It's yeah. not. There's a air, there's airfare involved, there's room and board, there's a jump involved, and there's this, that, and the other. But I think what we collectively said was, hey, we, if somebody wants to come, 
we should be able to figure out a way to get them here. Does that sound yeah. about right? Yeah, that's correct. hundred percent. The next thing I know, we all have a meeting and uh, I believe not only are you the chairman of the board, but you're also the treasurer. And I'll get into that a little bit later. So you got yeah. two, two hats you got to wear. Yes. Thanks for nothing for that one. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've avoided being a treasurer in 30 some years of volunteer organizations until this one, you bastard. Yeah. Well, I would tell you, I, uh, you know, no, you know, between us boys, we probably wouldn't be where we were at if you didn't have all your experience in doing these types of things. And it's certainly uh, greatly appreciated. We, we, we all, we all realize that you're the guy that's been doing these types of things for years. And we're all just a bunch of knuckleheads that wanted to get together and, and hang out. And so your ability to come up with great ideas and, and push us in the right direction are certainly appreciated. I, I appreciate that, Wes, but I'll tell you, I don't take credit for any of this stuff. This is a full team uh, and it's a larger team than just a board for sure. And it's growing exponentially. And it is. And so that's going to be. Couldn't do it without you guys. Period. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going next. Is So as the treasurer, uh, well, let me, let me get into that later. As the chairman of the board, we have suddenly become a 5013C. Yeah. During, We're actually, during COVID. Right? That's correct. <laughs> We're actually getting ready to have our third yeah. uh, summit meeting. So how have you seen this grow? as compared to some other organizations that you've been in, how do you feel like we're doing? I'll tell you, Wes, I was, I was telling you guys before I was telling my, my wife was my wife now, right. We got married right before the, this last summit, but we're sitting on the roof or sitting on the, uh, on the balcony one night. And she says, how do you, how do you get this? What you're doing here? How do you guys get this and push it into the charities that you're involved with? I said, well, Reese doesn't need it, right. They have their own thing, but the Irish stuff in Baltimore, there's just nothing like this. And you can't, it doesn't translate into any other nonprofit. It just doesn't, right? We're watching guys heal. We're helping people that can't get here. We're actually making a difference in people's lives. I had one of the guys at <laughs> Christ on the rooftop say, you know, 51 weeks out of the year, I think about killing myself. And, and I don't because of what you guys are doing. And if, and if that doesn't say everything we're doing and if we're in the right direction, I don't know what does. I really don't know what does. And it's surprising how quickly this foundation is growing. It shocks me, right? Yeah. And, and so that would that would kind of leads me to the next question because I believe financially, as a grassroots organization, we're doing pretty well. We are. We are a hundred percent. And and we, we do have some sponsors, and I'll talk about them at the end, but most of it is coming from the, the members, if I'm correct. Yeah, you are, and and Wes, we've been able to, we've been able to pay for, uh, in the last two years, at least eight to ten guys and their families to come down and participate. Right, we've put out uh, paraplegics every year that that hadn't been able to jump since. We put out the uh, <laughs> uh, double amputee with his dog this year. Right, right? on. That a week before, yeah. And this past year, we had we helped two terminal pa cancer patient guys get down there, uh, and. and you know, help with their little bucket list for another jump. You know, one since passed, unfortunately. Uh, but, but God, you know, we helped him on one of his last wishes, right? Yeah, and I think it's been amazing just to see if we need something, we just reach out to the members and the, and they end up stepping up. And and look, we know that there's a million organizations that are much larger than us, and they're all reaching out. And you know, we're all kind of fighting for the same dollar. 
And we're not really trying to compete with those guys. I, I don't believe that at all. I think yeah, we're, I think we're so. just trying to be who we are and help those that we can help. And it's really been fascinating to watch. Like I said, anytime we've needed something, we've reached out to the members and said, hey, here's what we need. And you know what? They've stepped up and made it happen. It sure has. That's, that's pretty impressive. It really. it really is. This group is just, it <laughs> blows me away to think of the Antelope Island Memorial, right? And right. all the disrepair it was in. We reached out to our guys and we're able to raise all the money for it quickly. You know? right. So where do you see it going? Where do you think, what, what do you perceive uh, the next steps to be? We know we want to keep it grassroots. So we do. I mean, what are we, what, what are we saying? Do, do we need to change that much? What do we, what do we need? I, I mean, I kind of have an idea of what I think we need. We, but go ahead. we need parachutes. That's what we need, right? right. That's, yeah. that's quite apparent for our uh, for our partners in Phantom Airborne, right? For us, for us to grow, we're limited by the amount of shoots, right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, everything else that's happening, the, hell, the back azimuth room is <laughs> just sits by itself. And if we could just go down and do that, I would think it's a fully successful weekend, right? Sure. Uh, and that's growing. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to grow the venue. To where we are, right? To to reach out and go out to other than that one room at the hotel, right? Right. Well, we're gonna have to. Uh, I don't know the the barbecues and stuff. We, we're gonna need to make larger, right? So all that stuff's just growing, and all and that's just stuff, right? That's easy to manipulate to make larger, right? Yeah. Us getting more guys involved is what what we need to focus on, right? And and a lot of the newer guys that are just yeah. coming out, right? Yeah, so we, and we were fortunate. We were fortunate this year to have a couple of young ones. Some might say unfortunate, but we were fortunate <laughs> to have a couple of young guys there. Uh, I mean, it's a you know, look, hey, uh, you you, ha- you have to have them because uh, yeah. we we all are going to die at some point, right? And yeah. and I'm not going to talk about any organizations, but we don't want to become stagnant. You know, no. we we have to realize that uh, what we did in our day is really kind of not important to the current day ranger. Yeah, and we have to embrace what they do uh within reason of course yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's a uh, i like the within reason comment that's a good yeah, one it is within reason we have to we have to adapt to, to to what they're up to so uh yeah i brought up the treasurer part you think financially we're doing well we need some more parachutes i believe we need a larger corporate sponsor somehow some way yeah. i believe that our sponsors that have stepped up have been amazing big shout out to all of them and, I, and i'll talk about that before we get off of here uh, but that's great i think uh, i think your time and and what you've said today has been awesome and so i'll hit you with three couple personal questions just to let people know a little bit more about you Sure. And uh, then, then we'll, uh, we'll, unless William has something, we'll clear out of here. So uh, here we go. We'll call it the speed round. <laughs> Fa- favorite food? Uh, ribs. No, that's wrong. Steam crabs. Steam crab. Yeah. Well, you're right crab. there in Maryland. So, of course. Crab. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to beat. That's probably some of the best crab I've ever had when I've yeah. been on the coast. Favorite drink? Uh, Irish whiskey. Oh, <laughs> shock- shocking. So, <laughs> what is the. Uh, favorite place you've ever been to vacation or work? Uh, let's see. I, I think it's Ireland. Ireland. It, it it is, but I'll tell you, uh, with Reeds Cross America, I've been involved with the uh, advancing the mission. I've been able to go overseas to put Reeds on veterans graves overseas for the first time. We went to Normandy and covered Normandy 
Uh, the year after that, we did the Luxembourg in Netherlands. And uh, uh, all of them very unique cemeteries. Right. All the same cemeteries. Uh, but the people you meet and the stories you hear. Sure. You can't compare. Like, it might be Luxembourg. I like the, I like the warmer weather. I love, I've been all around the world. Love warm weather. But Luxembourg, we were able to hang out with General Patton's granddaughter. Right. <laughs> at his grave with his riding crop. And uh, the experience of the ladder is something. Yeah, absolutely. I think because uh, I've been over there a couple of times myself, and I think we as Americans kind of lose sight while they still have never lost sight of that that whole thing. I, I'm telling you, the ones in Belgium and Netherlands, and oh, for yeah. sure, you know, more than France, more than Luxembourg. And they're France and Luxembourg, I'm not taking anything away from them. They, they do the remembering. But the Netherlands was phenomenal. They all had their own soldiers. We had a a guy come up to us, and his soldier was a, a Jewish guy, right? So right. you don't believe their religion, you don't decorate a grave. So we have white stones, but we're out of white stones, and the guy's sitting there is a grown man. His soldier that he adopted that grave for didn't have something to be remembered. And yeah. he was literally crying. So one of my partners ran out to the parking lot and found a white stone for him to go put on his grave. Awesome. And, you know, And these are people that have never met any of the people that are dead there, ever. Right. Yeah, it's awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. Well, before I take us out of here, thank you, Dan. William, you have anything you'd like to ask the chairman of the board? I do. One quick question, Dan. Um, what is the back azimuth? In your words, can you describe it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's our healing program, right? That's what the back azimuth is. It's a safe place, as the back azimuth was for everybody, right? It's a safe place for rangers to be rangers, talk about their problems, talk about their good stuff. Their wives all welcome in, and, and we're doing great stuff with the with the wives now and the girlfriends. With the back asthma to me, that's that's the key to the whole thing. You know, it, it gets people talking. I I was truly surprised how many people showed up to the back asthma the first year, as well as the second, because I thought the second might go down a little bit because people have been once, didn't didn't get anything but larger, right? And, th and that's the key to us. That's what the back azimuth is. Thanks, Dan. Sure, Will. Well, again, Dan, I, I thank you for being with us. William, I, I, of course, thank you for coming up with this idea and helping out. And we expect to hear more from you as, as we grow this. Uh, if anybody would like to find out any more information about us, you can find us at hardrockcharliefoundation.org. If you have questions, email info at hardrockcharliefoundation.org. Uh, .org. We want to thank our sponsors that have been with us over the last two summits, the, the, the ones that have stepped up and paid money, SOB Tactical, uh, Patriot Spirit Vodka, uh, Ohio Luxury Cabins, and Elite Leadership Training. Uh, until next time, folks, I'm Wes Jarena. Rangers lead the way. from the country They might live in the city They might come from a small town But they're all so damn pretty They really